Okay. Yeah, that's all. I can hear it. When you're wearing your hearing aid and 14 other things on your ear, it's hard to do that. Um, Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place for the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. As I look at that and, and look back at uh, some of the things in my life, um, and I don't like to talk about myself, so I will anyway, since James said I had to, and, and uh, I can say some things tonight since he and Tanya are here and that they don't know, and it'll be okay. Y'all don't tell them. Uh, I like that. He gets me to sing and preach, and then he says, we're going to be gone. Um, the last two or three months, I've had the opportunity with some of my grandsons. You know, while the preacher puts his watch up here so he can't tell time, because if he walks around, he can't see it, and then you don't know what time it is. Uh, I've had the opportunity the last several months with some of my grandsons to, and, and with uh, Dan and, and uh, uh, Clarence to go down to Mills County and San Salvador County, where I grew up and my parents grew up, all the way back to the early 1850s. Uh, to where my great-grandparents lived. Uh, my great-grandparents on my dad's mother's side came from Tennessee. Uh, and Captain Mack, was a, he was a captain in the Texas Rangers. Uh, Macmillan Community in northeast San Salvador County is named after him. And then dad's, dad's folks uh, came from uh, Missouri, St. Louis. He was a saddle maker, my great-great-grandpa on that side. Uh, but all of those were all faithful members of the Church of Christ. And we passed it down through now my grandkids, five generations. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of special. Uh, you don't see that so much anymore. But uh, so we've had that heritage there. Now as we look at God's presence and what God is and how he deals with us, and again looking at that psalm that we just read, what have we done with the opportunities that we've had? Uh, so I kind of look back at uh, uh, visiting some of those areas back there and, and seeing what was going on. My first memory of church was when I was four or five years old, six years old. I don't remember what we did two days ago, but I can remember those two birthdays particularly. And I don't know what the deal was, but they both seemed to be after church on Sunday. Uh, I guess that's because when we had everybody together at one time, and so we had a birthday party. Um, we were living down uh, in Mills County. Well, Across the river, actually, in San Salvador County, in the enemy territory, uh, for some of us. Uh, but uh, my, uh, my dad and my uncle owned some land. As you cross on Highway 16, cross the Colorado River Bridge, we owned both sides of the, of the highway there before they put it into all the uh, pecan orchards. 
And if you, when you cross the bridge right up on top of that hill is where I live. And uh, we came back across the river and went to church in Big Valley. If you turn just before you cross the river, uh, go down in there. Uh, it was a church building, uh, an old school, and, and some other things in there. So that's where I remember going to church first. We had a preacher there uh, named Wayne Harrell. And uh, I don't remember a whole lot that Wayne said uh, as, we, as we attended there. But uh, I do remember two things. Um, one Wednesday evening, my dad was plowing, and, and I was out uh, by the field where he was plowing, and I had my little tractor, and I was just plowing up storm. And, and uh, Mom came out, and she said, it's time to come in and go to church. And I said, I'm not going. And uh, so she went back in the house, and a bit she came back out and said, come on, it's time to go to church. And I said, no, I'm not going tonight. She said, well, why? And I said, all they're talking about is some old Hebrews, and I've had enough of that. I didn't know anything about Hebrews or what anything was talking about, but I knew it was talking about Hebrews, and I didn't care. I'd rather plow. I went to church that night. Uh, not, too, not too much longer after that, I actually preached my first sermon. And uh, this was an experience as well. And did I tell you this story, Dan? So you just don't see if I tell it the same way. Uh, my brother, just older than myself, uh, we were playing church one afternoon out behind the house, and uh, Lewis led the singing, and me and the dog, uh, we were the congregation, and then it came, we had gone and got some crackers and, and some juice, so we had communion, and then I was going to preach. And so, in a little bit, I got up behind my apple crate, I had my, uh, some of y'all might remember these, Blondie and Dagwood and other little funny books is about this thick and about this tall. Y'all remember some of those little bitty ones? I couldn't read them, but that was my Bible. Uh, so I got up and I said, Welcome to church today. My name is Brother Harold, and I'm going to preach to you the gospel. And if you don't believe it, you can just go to hell. <laughs> so that was, that was my first sermon. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't know Mother was standing in the kitchen window right behind me listening to all this. So... Sunday morning, she tells Wayne, and I mean, he just died laughing. He thought that was a funny deal. So he, he commenced to try to teach me a little bit different and, and work on some things as we, as we progress. I also remember you don't trust an old man who wears a tattered old sports coat to church on Sunday. <laughs> Y'all say, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, I won't call his name because some of you might know who this person might have been. It's been years ago, but... Uh, he always had peanuts in his pocket. And so, you know, before church, we'd, us kids, we made sure we got around to see him. We got our peanuts. Well, sometime later, the mother had to go over to their house for something. I don't know what for, but he was outside, and he had chickens and donkeys and, and wild deer. He had one in a pen, and I don't know what all he had out there, so I was enjoying that. And he just opened his pocket, and he said, here. So I just reached in, get me one, throw it in my mouth, shoot it, and start swallowing it. wasn't a peanut. The time I got through spitting and throwing up and turning all kinds of colors, found out that was chewing tobacco, and it, uh, he never said a word, never said anything to my folks. He didn't have to. I never tried that stuff again till, till later on. Your husband, your father-in-law, tried the same thing on us. <laughs> so we, we learned different. So anyway, you got to be careful what, what goes on at church sometimes. You, you might get yourself in trouble. Uh, without out there. Then as time progressed along, I came to church out here at uh, Lake Brownwood at uh, um, 
Camp Verano during the summertime. Uh, some of the fondest memories I have of growing up was coming out here every summer. Uh, we uh, started when I was nine years old, and I went, uh, I think, five or six years, uh, through my sophomore year anyway, and I was a counselor the last, last year. Tremendous amount of growth uh, as we studied God's Word and creation, and I learned to, to a, a lot of people, uh, a lot of those kiddos, we ended up going to ACU together uh, and growing together and enjoying that time. That's the first time I ever heard this song, My God and I. Uh, was at Lake Brownwood. Uh, I was baptized out there, and um, along with uh, several others of us from Goldthwait. And uh, but uh, our church growth uh, really began at, at a point in time. Uh, we were fortunate uh, in Goldthwait. I think there was 42 seniors in our class. Uh, 14 of us were Church of Christ, uh, which is very unusual, uh, particularly for a place that small. Uh, so we kind of you know, dictated what kind of things went on in school with, with our parties and stuff. Uh, we, we did a pretty good job with that. But anyhow, we, we grew through that, uh, got a lot of respect out of that. Then as I headed off to college, um, went to ICU, um, I was going to be a coach and teacher until I took my first uh, education course, and I learned different from that. You don't do that. Uh, that wasn't my thing. Uh, so I ended up with agriculture and environmental science uh met my wife, Pat, there, and uh, that was the best decision I ever made, uh, other than uh, becoming a Christian. She was my strength and, and my guide and, and uh, the one that prodded me to do things that, that I have done in my life. Uh, as we uh, graduated from college, uh, of course, the Vietnam War was going on, and, uh, of course, Uncle Sam called as soon as he found out I graduated, and uh, I went to... I spent four years in the military, uh, three years that uh, I think God had a sense of humor. Um, first four months, he sent me to Fort Polk, Louisiana, uh, in the swamps. Uh, if anybody's ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, from July the 4th to October the 20th, uh, it was so hot and humid in the summertime and cold in the wintertime because it's damp. Uh, mosquitoes, uh, as big as airplanes, uh, a few other things out there. But when I finished with that, I came back to Fort Hood, which is only 45 miles from home, and, and uh, I had a real good job in, in the Army. I didn't have to work overtime. I didn't have to go uh, weekends or any other thing. I don't know how I got that job, but I was blessed with that. Uh, I did not have to go overseas. I was supposed to have one time, but uh, something intervened, and somebody else went in my place. I found out about three months later. Uh, you take care of people, they take care of you when the orders come down from Washington uh, and from maybe from the Lord. So we had an opportunity there with the church to work with the kids and to grow, uh, to help them. Uh, then we came back to Goldthwait uh, after that. And uh, when, I was, when I graduated from ACU, Dr. Churchill tried everyone in the world to get me to go on and do my master's. And I said, no, I had all the school, I want my degree, I want to go back to the ranch, I'm going to do that and I'm going to do some other things. While I was doing the ranching business, was working with the kids at church and doing some things, and things just weren't right. Uh, I just wasn't satisfied. Uh, we had James, or James, no, no, we didn't have James then. We had Wayne and Tanya. Uh, and then uh, Pat was uh, eight and three-quarter months pregnant with Terry Dale, uh, two weeks from birth date uh, in December. 
I saw something in, uh, on the news at Abilene that I needed to go check out and need something from the ranch, and so I went up there to get that. Uh, while I was in Abilene, I decided I better go see Dr. Churchill because if he knew I was in town, he would shoot me next time he saw me. Uh, so I went by to visit him. And first thing he did, I didn't call him. Of course, I didn't have cell phones. So I walked in his office, and he said, when are you coming to graduate school? And I said, I'm never. I told you that. Uh, we visited about other things, and then uh, after lunch, I headed home. Well, I got an hour and 45 minutes to get home to tell my pregnant wife, fixing to give birth to a third kid, that I just enrolled in graduate school to start in January. <laughs> I had a good story. I had a good rebuttal because I knew she was going to fuss at me uh, and all this kind of stuff. I got home and she said, what did you get? What you need? I said, yeah. What else did you do? And I said, well, I went by and see Dr. Churchill. And what else did you do? And I said, mm. so I told her. I said, well, I'm signed up to start graduate school in January. And she said, it's about time. She knew better than I did what I needed. Uh, and that was another great decision that we made. And then had the opportunity from that to do some things and to work with the young people at Goldthwaite and other places, vacation Bible schools, did some preaching part-time at Star and at Pottsville, if anybody knows where Pottsville is, uh, out there, and uh, met some wonderful people. It really helped us to grow within the church and grow spiritually. But working with the kids, uh, Marsha's not here tonight. I see Marsha. Uh, she was one of those. That may be why she didn't come. She figured I'd say something about her. Uh, I won't talk about her uh, or any of the rest of them. Uh, but uh, we had a great time with all of that and enjoyed it. Then I went on to ACU to teach in 1988, and, again, that was a great decision. That's something that never entered my mind when I first started. But I had the opportunity to work with uh, literally thousands of, of students, uh, young men and young women. Uh, I tried to teach them range management, wildlife ecology, and all the fun stuff outdoors. They like to do other fun stuff outdoors when we went out there, but uh, they learned a lot anyway. But during our processes, we would visit with the students. Uh, a big part of what we did was talk with them about their faith walk, how they're doing, have they found a church congregation there in, in Abilene or around that they can fit in uh, and, and get involved? And uh, the biggest part was trying to help them to get involved uh, with that. Uh, we traveled a lot with them, uh, helped them uh, to, and worked with them doing outreach programs and uh, preaching and teaching, vacation Bible schools, anything we could do to help those kiddos not only be a success in their chosen field, but also to be a success in, in church and to teach others and, and uh, to share Christ wherever they went. Just like I did, I changed my mind once I got there and after I got out, <clears throat> uh, back when I got my undergraduate degree. Um, I visited week before last with a former student uh, who... Much like me, grew up in a very small community, smaller than Goldthwaite, uh, farming and ranching, came to get the degree uh, and to get home. That's all they cared about. Get that degree, get back to business and, and taking care of business at home. The person had a great love for kids and uh, felt the same thing that I did. Hey, this is not right. Something else needs to be done. Went back and got the degree in, in youth and family ministry. Uh, was actually doing children's ministry uh, at a large congregation in northwest Houston. Um, an opportunity came available at, at Lubbock Christian University for a family and, and youth minister, uh, teacher. Applied for that job, got that job. She was working on her Ph.D. at that point in time. Uh, finished enough that I met her last week on campus 
and we had a long visit. So time changes depending on what happens in your life. But she found something that uh, really fit her uh, ideas and what she wanted to do, and that's help others uh, with their faith growth in Christ. So with all of these things that we have before us each day, many doors are open to us. Uh, We see a lot of opportunities. How do we take care of those opportunities? What do we do with them? Uh, We were talking about a while ago, uh, Norlene a while ago, about uh, she tried to walk today and it's too hot. And I said, well, go to Walmart. Get you a basket and push it around and watch all the crazy people and, and, and you can get you walking in a cool spot. Of course, the problem is you run into everybody you know every, every ten, around every aisle, and so you've got to stop and talk again. So your walking doesn't necessarily get done quite as well. But how many people do we see uh, there that could use Christ? You know, we don't understand a lot of things about people or most things about people. We don't know their needs. I'm not a person. I'm an introvert. Y'all don't believe that. But uh, I don't go up to someone and say, hey, how's your day today? Uh, is there anything I could do to make it a better day? Uh, and it's pretty simple as that. Uh, and a lot of things that we have learned to do over the years as we have traveled uh, literally around the world, I spent three um, uh, different summers and parts of summers in Honduras uh, working with people there. Uh, we tried to get the uh, missionary department to go with us at ACU. One time they did. Uh, we had a good, uh, good deal. They wanted to go in with the Bible and start teaching people. I said, no, let's do something different. Uh, we went in and talked to the people about how can we help you grow food and sustain life and make things easier for you. And about the fourth or fifth day after doing some of that and helping them where they could see how they could grow food, produce things for themselves, they said, why are you doing this? So that gives us an opportunity to say we've got a God that loves us, uh, and we want to help you, uh, and he's going to help you. Uh, and so we've done a much better job with, with uh, converting people and working with people doing it that way than we have with just walking in and saying, here's the Bible, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. They're not going to listen to you. Um, so we, we've learned a few things, uh, but are we really doing them? Uh, you know, how much do we get out each day and, and teach others about Christ and talk about Christ? We have great opportunities, uh, and, and you know, we need to take advantage of those and do some things out there. Um, Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. He wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. And lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers and flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke the waters fled. And at the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down to the valleys to a place you assigned them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs, pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the air nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes the grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth fruit from the earth. 
wine that gladdens the heart of men, oil that makes his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nest, the stork has its home in the pine trees. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the coonies. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away and return to lie down in their dens. Then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is a sea vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond numbers, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan, uh, which you formed to frolic there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. But when you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, he who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But my sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Again, as we look at this uh, psalm of David and some of the things that he says here, again, to talk about how great God is. And Curly mentioned some of this last week in the creation time when God made all these things, and they all have their place, and and when certain things happen, things happen. God made the seasons and the days and the nights and all things. He created those. He knew what he was doing. And if God can provide for the birds and, and the, the wild animals and the creatures and, and uh, even the uh, Loch Ness Monster, that's what verse 26 says. Uh, I can't even pronounce that word, the Leviathan or Leviathan. Uh, that is a large water monster uh, is what that means. So, yeah, there is a Loch Ness Monster. Uh, but uh, God takes care of those. And if he takes care of those, don't you think he's going to take care of us, his children? Uh, And uh, then what do we do in return uh, for that? Do we praise God uh, and give him the praise and the thoughts for for all that he has done uh, for us? Psalm 119. We're not going to read the whole psalm. Uh, If you have an opportunity, I would suggest that that would be a good thing to do each morning. Read one little section of that psalm and think about that each day. A lot of it has to deal with uh, God's decrees and God's laws. But Psalm 119, uh, beginning in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the paths of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servants so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How long, how I long for your precepts. 
preserve my life in your righteousness. And it said, you can take any one of these sections, and it's going to talk about uh, the decrees and the laws of God and how great and how good they are. But uh, it says, turn our, our, our eyes away from worthless things. Uh, preserve our life according to his word. Uh, that we might uh, take away the disgrace that we dread because the laws are there, they're good, uh, we don't have anything else to, to deal with. Uh, God's laws and decrees uh, and, and uh, so forth are there for a purpose, uh, to use those, to share those uh, in our lives together. Uh, again, we have all kinds of opportunities. We have all kinds of things that we can do each day. Uh, whether it's something out here glamorous, whether it's something out here uh, that uh, uh, we like to, to do because we like to be seen. I don't like to be seen, uh, period. Uh, I'd rather do some things and nobody ever know about it than anything else that happens. Uh, one of the things that and I had a hard time with at school, at ACU when I was teaching, every year they always presented awards. And, and so everybody would always say, well, you need to write up something so maybe you can get an award. Uh, that wasn't my thing. Uh, my reward is like the student I said a while ago. When I visit back with them and they say, look, this is what I'm doing now. Thank you uh, for getting me on the right track. When I see those kind of things, that's my reward. That's my award. And I don't know how many thousands of those I've got. Uh, but uh, plenty of them. I can talk about a lot of them. Uh, Somebody my last year did write up a bunch of something. I don't know what it was, but anyway, they talked about it. But the associate dean presented an award. Uh, I did receive the Lifetime Achievement Award, but that's uh, uh, just because somebody wrote a bunch of stuff. Uh, I did it for the kids. Uh, I didn't care about the the uh, uh, being a part of the politics part of the campus of being a dean or, a, or associate dean or department chair or anything like that. I wanted to teach kids. I wanted to work with kids. That was the opportunity that I took. And that's where I went. Um, some of you have heard this poem, heard this prayer. Uh, it's attributed to an unknown Confederate soldier. I asked for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for but everything that I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, and unspoken prayers, they were answered. I, among all men, am most richly blessed. And I think we look at that a lot of times and we say, well, you know, why didn't I get what God, or what I asked God? He knows what we need. He gives us other things to strengthen the things that we want to strengthen and need to strengthen uh, and to grow each day with those uh, in our life. First Peter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter 1, verse 13 and following. I am going to get through this thing pretty quick, Curly. Um, I think these are words that we can take with us uh, uh, as we leave tonight, uh, hopefully. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. 
Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you're purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. We're here for a short time. We don't know how long that's going to be. We never know. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of funerals lately. I think in the span of, of uh, 17 days, I attended five funerals. Uh, some of those, most of those, were very dear Christian friends. And it's nice to see and it's good to see that when we come to the end of this life, that we've lived a life uh, that uh, is worthy of God and what we do. And that's what we want to do in our lives today is, is to live that life. Be holy as God is holy. Live our lives each day. Uh, share that with others uh, and be prepared when the time comes uh, because our time will come.